on the evening of November 22, 1987, an oddly dressed man in a mask appeared on two Chicago-based TV stations. This man seemed to hack into the feed of WGN-TV Channel 9 and WTTTW Channel 11. And to this day, investigators aren't clear who he is or how he managed to hijack the airwaves. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of the Max Headroom Incident. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, thunderously moist basement. And you may hear the thunder in the background because we just had a tornado go north of the basement. Yeah, we're recording on a Thursday because I have to go to Orlando tomorrow and we can't record. So if you look at the weather report for uh, March, at 25th? March 25th, you will know that North Georgia is getting a lot of fucking tornadoes. So Got four inches of rain in just under an hour. Some people call that a flood. I call it a rain. Some people call it a slain blade. I call it a cotton blade. Anywho, um, do we get any new Patreon? No, but we got the address for the lady that I so accurately described as a military spouse. You got lucky. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you weren't sexist. And a piece of shit. <laughs> I like how now I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Before I was just sexist, like if and a boomer. But now um, I'm a piece of shit. If you listen boomer. to, if you've ever seen the movie The Big Lebowski, he says the line, "You're not wrong. You're just an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> but I did get her. Stickers mailed off. All stickers have been mailed if you are a patron. So within the next week, you hopefully will have your... How many damn stickers we Stickers. Seen? I mean, are we sending like everybody's stickers or just the new people? Just the new people. I was people. about to say, because other people got stickers on Yeah, there. they got them. Okay. Okay. I ordered some new ones because we was running out of them our old ones. Okay. And I sent that there uh, angry Scotsman in Oklahoma. They're going to send us some... Merchandise, I hope. So we sent them some. Uh, we sent them a extra small T-shirt that they can put on the wall because ain't nobody wearing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear there's a five star review in the works. Oh, we do. We got one right here, right here. And I'll tell you what. Now we're just gonna print it right now. Jay Lackey at zero. Jay Lackey zero zero six six. Love these guys. Five stars. These guys are relatable and funny. Down-to-earth guys always present something new if they cover a case that is popular and do a good job presenting new cases. As a coach in Georgia as well, I feel like I could sit and have a beer with these guys and talk for hours. Guaranteed, because if you're coaching Georgia, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. I've got the t-shirt. I've scratched that itch twice just bled and scabbed over. Just the, uh, tell me what's the dumbest thing one of your players ever said. And you... (laughs) We got that, we, that's, we can record that for an hour. Yeah, that's fodder forever. Like we can sit there and be like, "Who's the oddest assistant coach you've ever worked with?" 
We both would answer Oh, God. That. Oh, heck yeah. And I've got... Let me tell you something. I got 30 minutes worth of material on him. <laughs> that man... He's a saint, so I can tell you. I got a tar in my backyard. We need to tell that story at the end. Okay, we will. All right, All so right. <laughs> thank you for the five-star review. We've got some new Instagram followers. We're up to 350. I know that pales in comparison to the... Hell, I don't know how many we got. It's, on it's just so many. Twitter. It's we're a just, lot. We're rolling in it, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are talking about the Max Headroom incident. We have 650 followers on Facebook, on the, the Twitter. Yeah. Which ain't great, but it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's respectable. Ain't, well, first of all, we're going to skip the best part. Everybody loves the, to know what we're drinking. And tonight we're drinking... Lagunitas IPA yeah. from the brewery in Chicago. So, yeah, we always love an IPA. We can't get away from them. There's something about that damn bitterness of it. Like I like my beer, like I like my women, fucking strong and bitter. <laughs> Usually, I like I tell them about my coffee, but that's okay. <laughs> so, on the night of November twenty second, nineteen eighty seven, during the sports segment of WGN TV's nine p.m. news broadcast. Chicago sportscaster Dan Rowan was covering the highlights of the Bears' recent victory over the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm, of course. At 9-14... You gonna brag about beating the Lions? I mean, come on. In the 80s, the Bears in the 80s? Okay, let's just brag about that. <laughs> At 9-14 p.m., Dan Rowan disappeared from the screen. In fire, in fire, in, in fire. In fire, we're in our own fire right there. There's a fire. In fact, everything disappeared from the screen as it flickered into darkness. Then roughly 15 seconds later, a new apparition appeared. Dressed in a rubber mask and wearing sunglasses, the mysterious intruder looked like artificial intelligence television character Max Hedrum. Which we'll, have, we'll, we'll go into that in just a second. We'll tell you who that guy is for all the millennials out there that have no fucking idea who that is. Even the gray background behind the figure was reminiscent of the simulated background that appeared behind Hedrum. There was hardly any sound, but the image was still, quote, frightening. Of course it was. The figure bobbed around in front of the spinning background as a buzzing noise played. After approximately 30 seconds... Seconds. In approximately 30 seconds. Signal engineers at WGN was Johnny on the spot and switched the frequency of the studio link to another transmitter, bringing Dan Rowan back to the audience's screens. WGN studio engineers assumed that the hijack was an inside job and immediately began searching the building. However, this search was unsuccessful. It was unsuccessful. As the broadcast turned out to be a pre-recording from a third party at a separate unknown location. It'd be, it'd be pretty hard to pull this off live. And yes, we are going to post the videos on our uh, social media. Uh, actually, we're going to post it exclusively on our Mysterious Brews group page. So if you ain't one of our members on Facebook, so if you would like to see the video, we're the only place on earth that has it, other than Google and YouTube and Facebook, you know, you know, you know, various places. But if you would like to see our version of it, 
join our Facebook group at Mysterious Brews. Just get on Facebook, go to groups, and just Google Mysterious Brews, and you'll find us. Please join. That would be nice of you. Anyway. Now, like Coach said, we will touch on who Max Headroom is. The character of Max Headroom was created by Rocky Morton, and he was a music video director that would later become infamous for co-directing the critically acclaimed Super Mario's feature film that was released. Critically in- acclaimed? Are you... <laughs> That was tongue-in-cheek. Okay, about to say. There's that, a, that, if there's any article on the planet that actually says that. Please let you know. Don't don't believe anything they ever say, ever. This Academy Award-winning film was released in 1993 <laughs> and went straight to DVD. Actually, it went straight to VHS since oh, it was in 93. Horrible movie. However, before that happened, he helped introduce Max Headroom to the world in a 1985 made-for-TV movie named Max Headroom, 20 Minutes into the Future. Now, this was a cyberpunk-themed, post-apocalyptic, dystopic universe. He's going, he's going to be played by a man named Matt Frewer, who you might know as the neighbor, the father of the neighbor kids in the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Or, if you're a millennial... You might know him as Moloch from the movie The Watchmen. Great movie. Both are great movies, actually. I love Rick Moranis. Yeah. Max was an artificial intelligence that acted as a TV host who was often responsible for saving the world with his news broadcast. The character had a bizarre appearance, which often required the actor portraying Max to spend several hours on each day of filming to get his hair and makeup done. The mannerisms of Max harken back to an early Jim Carrey with odd, humorous facial tics and a physical stutter. In addition, his voice was dubbed or overdubbed with electric samples, which gave the character a distinct, distorted-sounding voice. Yeah, look him up on YouTube if you would like. And, I mean, if you didn't live through the 80s, that is, he is the 80s. Yeah, in in film he is the 80s throw in some cocaine and he's 100 percent that entire decade <laughs> i mean this guy was everywhere i mean i was a child you were you already middle-aged by then but i was already you know, <laughs> had my first dislocation in my collarbone sad uh, it was acting up <laughs> you already had a swollen prostate by then wow. but true even i as a young strapping child Remember Max Headroom being everywhere. He was everywhere. He was the spokesman for New Coke. Yeah, and that's how he became a very popular in America because Coke was thinking that they were losing ground to Pepsi, and so they... They were losing ground to Pepsi because guess who Pepsi's uh, spokesman was at that time? Michael Jackson. Michael fucking Jackson. And, that, uh, and Tina Turner. Everybody was going to Pepsi. Mm-hmm. A taste of a new generation. That'll boost your sales, brother. You got Michael Jackson behind your product. And then Pepsi burnt Michael up and everything went to shit. They did do that. Yeah. But anyway, so (laughs) he would hold interviews with certain people in America, and he had a, a, a TV series that started in March of 87. He would tell viewers to... Quote, taste the new wave, or taste the wave of new Coke. These made Max a trademark style 
which featured his odd sense of humor and frantic editing. In one such ad, him and Michael Jordan were seen together. That's a pretty big name. Yeah. So let's get back to the actual incident. So, yeah. So we have talked about how they interrupted WGN and then the engineers there were Johnny on the spot and switched it and saved the day. Two hours after this interruption on WGN. Well, first off, did you point out that there was no audio? If you did, I wasn't listening. I don't listen to you. Yeah, the only thing was him spinning around and buzzing. It was a big buzzing noise and him. It Though it was a mask, it clearly looked like he was talking. But there was no audio. So we will never know what he said then. So two hours after the first episode, Max Headroom Impersonation was back, this time on Channel 11 in the Chicago area. And that was an, uh, was a PBS affiliate, WWTW, and it was airing an episode of Doctor Who titled The Horror of Fang Rock. So at approximately 11.15 p.m., it cuts in, and you hear in the background, that does it. He's a freaking nerd. <laughs> This indiv- then, Max begins to laugh and then says, yeah, I think I'm better than Chuck Swinsky. Swarsky. This said Swinsky. S- nope, it's Chuck Swarsky. Okay, Swarsky. He was the Bulls commentator. And he says, friggin' liberal. Chuck Swarsky was a pundit for WGN, and it is unknown why the individual had such a hatred for Mr. Chuck. But he then bends over to the side where it appears that he has some props waiting for him. Then someone mutters, oh, Jesus, here we go, yeah, before finding the prop that they're looking for, a can of Pepsi. Right before raising up the can of Pepsi, they state, catch the wave. Which happens to be the slogan for new Coke, not Pepsi. Because as we all know, Pepsi is the taste of a new generation. It also, in the video, points out that he tosses a can of Pepsi aside, and then you can see a phallus-looking object attached to a finger. Hold on. He says that he got over on all the greatest world newspaper nerds, which is a call to WGN, which stands for World's Greatest Newspaper. And then it switches to... (laughs) To what the media described as a marital aid. (laughs) Sweet. Sticking out of the mouth of the uh, mask while a bare-assed Max is getting spanked with a fly swatter (laughs) by an unseen female. You don't see her face. You see her hands and her body. You don't see her face. Now, you can hear several people begin to hum the theme song to Clutch Cargo. Yeah, I forgot about that. Clutch Cargo. Which was a horrible, horrible, I looked it up on YouTube, horrible cartoon. And it only ran from 59 to 60. It's terrible. Yeah. It's like the animation, quote unquote, as I do air quotes on the the podcast that you can't see. Um, It's literally, the animation is still. They don't move. And the mouths of the people talking are the are actual mouths of other of real people, superimposed onto the animation. It is horrid. 
horrid. So after the humming of the theme song, what <laughs> follows is 20 or so seconds of unintelligible noise with someone saying along the lines of, I still see the X, as well as my files. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I jumped ahead. I, I just I just get entertained by the bare ass spanking. That's just me because I'm, I'm, I'm weird. Well, and then you hear or see Max making flatulence noises <laughs> on screen. And then he states, oh, I just made a great masterpiece for the greatest world's newspaper news. Man, I jumped way ahead. Sorry. The person in the mask holds up a gardening glove and proclaims, my brother is wearing the other one. As they put on the glove, they state, but it's dirty. It's like you got blood stains on it. Yeah, that's so weird. Now, it kind of alludes to the fact that part of it was pre-recorded because, like Coach stated, the video cuts to the guy dressed as Max facing away from the camera. He's holding his mask to the side, and he appears to be bent over showing his bare ass. Now, like he also stated, there is a masked woman dressed in an outfit that is equal parts Annie Oakley and French maid, with her face being shielded from the camera, and she is holding a fly swatter. As the man screams, they're coming to get me, she tells him, bend over, bitch. And she spanks him with the fly swatter a handful of times while he screams, don't do it, no, before the feed is finally turned off. All of this unfolded in about a minute and 28 seconds. And all of a sudden, the viewers were back to the Doctor Who show. After the incident, I may, I'm skipping ahead again. I just, I just like to point this out or I'll forget. They interviewed one lady that was super upset that she they interrupted her Doctor Who. <laughs> she was like, I guess I'm just going to have to tape over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man they did discover at the time of the incident there were no engineers on duty at wttw yeah i think that's why he was able to they were able to uh take over for so long is because at wgn th their people were still there yeah and so by the time they realized what was going on the transmission was over and the only copies of the hack came from Doctor Who fans who had been taping the episodes on their VCRs. Now, WGN and WTTW would cover the incident, broadcasting the video again and again, calling the mastermind behind it a, quote, TV video pirate. Most Chicagoans were amused, some were confused, and some were pissed. However, viewers found the hack actually funny. The government, however... They don't have a sense of humor oh, when it no, comes to that, stuff like not that. Not at all. FCC is probably the most humorless <laughs> government entity on earth. And if you don't think so, watch Family Guy when he <laughs> takes on the FCC. They dedicated, the FCC dedicated all of their efforts to finding who this masked figure was, even offering a reward to anyone with information. And, and this is a quote from Phil Bradford. I would like to inform anybody involved in this kind of thing that there's a maximum penalty of $100,000, one year in jail, or both. My hell no. It's one or the other. You ain't giving me both. <laughs> you ain't bankrupting me and sticking my I ass in prison. I ain't accepting both. <laughs> he goes on to state, all in all, there are some who may view this as comical. But it is a very serious matter because illegal interference of a broadcast signal is violation of federal law. It would appear 
that whoever did this knew what the heck they were doing, and they had probably some experience in broadcast engineering. They also had access to powerful equipment needed to override the signals of both networks or had created their own impressive microwave equipment. Whoever had done this figured out how to smother WTTW's signal from atop the Sears Tower in Chicago, which was more than 1,400 feet in the air. Engineers would estimate that the cost of being able to do this, smothering a TV signal, would cost thousands of dollars at the very least. A lot of averages at the time put the cost necessary for the equipment anywhere between $10,000 and $25,000, putting it well beyond the expense of a couple of teenagers in a garage. It was believed that whoever was responsible had likely transmitted their own signal from the rooftop of an adjacent building, and that was the most likely way to overpower a TV signal coming from a TV station. The only other alternative would be the group broadcasting from a ground-based transmitter, and that would have required an incredibly powerful transmitter. Now, the chief engineer of WGN-TV, Robert Struzel, stated, quote, you need a significant amount of power to do that. The interfering signal has to be quite strong. But since it was basically very simple in how they accomplished this, by smothering the other station's outgoing signal and replacing it with their own, there was no real way for investigators to track them. It wasn't like they had spliced into a network somewhere and left a mark. They had simply used airways to broadcast their weird videos, knowing where to strike and when. After failing to learn who the culprit was or where their broadcast had signal or where the broadcast signal had come from, the FBI began focusing on one piece of evidence they had, the actual recorded broadcast and it held clues of its own. Now, they were unable to determine any features of the man in the mask, so they turned their focus to the female accomplice. A lot of good that did. Did they find them? No. <laughs> unable to glean any discernible clues from the woman or her movements, they then began focusing on the background of the recording. In particular, there was a large piece of sheet metal that seemed to be rotating back and forth. Dr. Michael Marcus, the assistant bureau chief in the FCC's Field Operations Bureau, served as the lead investigator for the commission's investigation into the incident. Well, if you, I'm just going to say, if you look at an actual Max Headroom video, and then you look at the Max Headroom, Headroom incident video, it's a pretty ingenious way to recreate that effect in the background on the cheap just get a piece of sheet metal, you know, or whatever, and not sheet metal, you know what I'm talking about. It's corrugated yeah, metal. Cor yeah, 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 corrugated metal, and uh, just swing it in the background, and it, for little to no money, that was really good uh, recreation, in my personal opinion, so kudos to them on that. It then, I'm sorry, back to Dr. Michael Marcus. He states that, quote, the background looked to be about eight feet wide, industrial-type metal, maybe a roll-down warehouse door. This helped investigators narrow down the possible locations that the video had been filmed at, which was then paired with tips that investigators had received. One tip in particular pointed to an individual who worked for a company that owned a large warehouse where it may 
have had the same corrugated metal. The individual and his company were in the Chicago region, but investigators were unable to link them to the Max Headroom incident because of hearsay. Yeah. They had no evidence, at least not enough to warrant a full investigation. Now, the FCC found most pieces of the puzzle, even though the biggest piece remained a mystery. Who was the man behind the mask? Investigators began to develop a motive for this unusual crime, which would center around a perceived grudge against WGN-TV. The persons responsible had decided to hijack WGN's news coverage earlier during Dan Rowan's sports segment. They had decided to overpower the signal for approximately 25 seconds, and then, having no success, they turned their sights to WTTW. Even though in the WTTW hack, they did reference Chuck Swarsky, calling him a freaking liberal, implying they were better than him. They also mocked the title of the world's greatest newspaper, the once upon a time tagline of WGN's sister newspaper, the Chicago Tribune. Well, it's also what WGN stands for. So, just so you know. Now, to investigators, these seem to be solid leads, cementing the idea that the Max Headroom hijacker was a local who had a grudge against WGN-TV or their parent company, the Tribune Company. Well, and also the fact that I would support that the fact that there are locals because Clutch Cargo hadn't appeared on WGN for at least a decade before this incident. So how would he even know? You know, you know what I'm saying? I think he did that on purpose to tie himself to the city. Investigators would also theorize that it was possible that the responsible people or party was a former employee, which would explain not only a motive, but the potential broadcast expertise. Now, this view was shared by Rick Klein, a native Chicagoan who is the founder and curator of the museum Classic Chicago Television. And he states, quote, It's important to keep in mind that this whole prank was designed for and against WGN. Was it a disgruntled former employee or someone who got turned down for a job there? Perhaps an engineer or someone with the technical knowledge and equipment to allow them to pull this off. Investigators were intrigued by the use of the Max Headroom mask. And he was, Max was a heroic artificial intelligence that broadcast news in a bizarre fictional world which melded cyberpunk and post-apocalyptic dystopia. In the actual Max Headroom TV show, Max waged information wars against evil corporate entities, so it was possible that the individual involved wanted to do something similar against corporations they viewed as, quote, evil, such as the Tribune Company or, more specifically, WGN. I mean, if you watch the video, are you really going to tie it into something that deep? No, I think these were just... He got his ass spanked with a fly swatter. Yeah, and he had a dildo hanging out his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what grand message could he have had? Now, rumors about the identity of the person responsible for the Max Headroom hack were going around Chicago, but they were quickly dismissed. Most were not even investigated. It seems that whoever did it simply faded into the background. 
satisfied with their work, uneager to continue to draw attention to themselves. Well, there's going to be um, some speculation about who did it, and it's definitely going to come from Reddit. And the most popular contender is Eric Fournier. And what did he do? Well, he was a creator of Shay St. John, a fictional model who was disfigured in a car accident and recreated her body from mannequin parts. And you can find those videos on YouTube, and they're some of the weirdest shit you'll ever see. They're very strange. People say they're similar in style. I don't really. Well, that's what that, that's make what I was going to say. Connection. They're saying that they're artistic similarities of the bizarre and campy videos. But here's the deal: is he started posting in what, like 2006? I think 2006, 2007. Yeah, so we're talking twenty years after the event. Yeah, anybody could have drawn that. Doesn't yeah, that doesn't match up, and we'll never know because I believe he passed away. He did. He, I know he passed away, but it's the year twenty ten. Twenty. I thought I was going to say twenty eleven, but so it's twenty ten. Yeah, and that was a result of a long battle of alcoholism, which he died from internal bleeding. Oof, it's got to be bad. Yeah. So, but yeah, you can try your best to tie him to it, but just because the videos are similar, the timeline doesn't match up. Now, he had a band that he also played in, and one of his uh, band members, Harry Bergen, discounted the rumors against Eric, and he wholly believes that Eric didn't have anything to do with the incident and has spoken out against the theory in subsequent years. And he is quoted as saying, this is ridiculous bullshit. Eric didn't know anything about video editing when we were in high school. We never made music videos apart from someone maybe videotaping one of our shows. We weren't friends with anyone getting degrees in mass communication and had no access to broadcast equipment. Yeah, this is like a level of sophistication that shows that whomever is responsible was educated in the, in the, the uh, genre. Harry goes on to state that I think the only time the four of us were ever in Chicago together was to see a Pixies concert at the Riviera. Eric would have thought this humor is hilarious. I just find it bizarre. Yeah. Now, of course, Max, the Max Headroom hack was not the first, and it sure well, wasn't well, the are last. We not, are we not going to talk about the other suspects first? That's the only one I found, Eric Fournier. No, there was another one on Reddit where a guy said that he knew for a fact that uh, these two brothers were involved because the older one was kind of learning disabled. And he spoke very similar to how Max Headroom spoke by saying that he said, ooh, a lot. He said in the night in, night in question, he was at a party with those two gentlemen. And they said that, first of all, he said that they were all in the hacking scene. And they said something along the lines of, they were talking about something big going on. And he was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, just watch Channel 9 later. And he said, I, I was watching Channel 9, and it happened, and I didn't think about it. Like, really? Your friends tell you to watch Channel to 9 because Channel 9 something big's going to happen, something crazy happens, and you don't even make the connection? But he, it's later he states on Reddit that after investigations, those two gentlemen were found to not be involved. That was the only other suspects they had. But they've been cleared. The Shea St. John guy, there's just, the timeline doesn't match up. You just, you're not, it's just stupid. Yeah, you're not going to have high school kids pulling this off like we stated earlier. Yeah. But getting back to the hack, the 
one of the more well-known first hack attempts and success was a Mr. Captain Midnight. Oh, yeah, Captain Midnight, which is a fucking awesome name. And he hacked and interrupted a broadcast signal with his own personal message, and he was pissed at HBO had raised its prices to twelve ninety nine on satellite. Dude, it's like, I don't know how, it's like 40 bucks a month now, ain't it? Yeah. I don't even know. So on April 27th, 1986, he interrupted that night showing of the Falcon and the Snowman on HBO to air his own message. I've never seen that movie. Me It's probably terrible, but it's a good name. The Captain Midnight Hacker managed to broadcast his colorful message for nearly five minutes before HBO regained control of the signal. What had been a minor annoyance to viewers posed a major problem for the U.S. government who were at the time wary of the military implications of amateur satellite hacking. Well, I mean, he, they, he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt it's possible to do it. Yeah. A hack that could be aimed at the Navy or spy satellites that monitored the Soviet Union could prevent the transmission of vital information and compromise state secrets. The FCC began to investigate immediately and was inundated with 200, quote, confessions. From eager hacking enthusiasts hoping to take credit for Captain Midnight's work. Unfortunately, for the real hacker, only a specific set of antenna was powerful enough to have outmuscled HBO, and the graphics model responsible for rendering the typeface used in the broadcast was rare. Now, what I found states that authorities found John R. McDougal, formerly an operations engineer at Central Florida Teleport Umpleak Station, as the culprit. But other articles state that Mr. McDougal got a guilty conscience and turned himself in. But his punishment was basically very minimal. He had to pay a $5,000 fine, was put on probation, and had all of his amateur radio equipment confiscated and his amateur radio license suspended for a year. But like we had, we were talking about Max, that happened two years after the Captain Midnight. And at that time, satellite hijacking was a felony. Today, signal intrusions are quite more difficult to pull off, but they are occasionally successful in their attempts. In 2007, New Jersey viewers of the Handy Manny cartoon on Playhouse Disney suddenly found themselves watching a porn. (laughs) And in 2009, a disgruntled Comcast employee managed to interrupt the Super Bowl for Tucson viewers with 37 seconds of porn. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Max Hedrum incident. Well, I want to point out another one um, occurred on 26th of November 1977 in southern England. And it is the Southern Television Broadcast Interruption. And there is a six-minute-long message. I'm, I'm going to read the very shortened version of it. Um, but the Southern Television Broadcast was replaced completely by a voice claiming to be Ashtar, to represent the Ashtar Galactic Command. And Were they on the tail of the Hellbop Comet? No. Damn. This is a... Uh, it's a little too early for that. <laughs> They're the very shortened version of it. Uh, said this is the voice of Vrilon, Vrilon, a representative of the Ash, Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. 
in a British accent. Uh, I remember this one, yeah. I am an authorized, yeah, a very British accent, too. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I am an authorized representative of the intergalactic mission, and I have a message for planet Earth. We are beginning to enter the period of Aquarius, and there are many corrections which have to be made by Earth people. All of your weapons of evil must be destroyed. You have only a short time to learn to live together in peace. You must live in peace or leave the galaxy. So that's a very, very shortened version of the message, but it just so happened that Vrilon had a very distinct English accent. So I don't, I'm not calling him, I'm not calling him a liar. (laughs) And there's been many other examples of uh, people hijacking signals. There's been children's shows with pornographic images put in it there's been poor uh, handy manny i mean yeah, all those there's, kids there's been new um, jersey i mean they probably watch them anyway in new jersey but oh god i can't remember the one where it was it was a bunch of black and white messages on the screen it's very famous but i can't remember the name of it but then there was one in like utah where so i think it was utah where it was like a message was like the dead have begun to rise. Please do not go out. Like, just like a horribly scary message. Like, that sounded legit as fuck. But it was, it, it didn't happen. But yeah. um, Or we'd be covering it. So the dead rose, you'd hear it first here. As you know, since we're done with the, with the, with, with the, with the topic, they never caught these people. No, and more than likely, they never will. Because I read in an article that... While the FCC stated, I think, in the early 2000s that the statute of limitations had expired, there is a law, has something to do with computer hacking or something like that, they think whoever would claim it would be charged with regardless. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not coming forward. No. No, no, no. Maybe a deathbed well, confession. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, in my research, I did come across the fact that the statute of limitation is up. They yeah, but, could come forward, well, there was and there would be no they, consequences. They were afraid that they would try to hit them with some kind of new law that happened in the nineties. Uh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got, you, I got what you're saying. But you can't. No, you can't. You retro. can't be found. Yeah, you can't be found guilty of a law that didn't exist. Right. Right. So, but that's why that whatever article I was reading stated that that was one of the weird kind of quasi. You know, fringe things that probably kept a lot of people, or probably kept the person from coming forward. Well, that, and I think, if you, I don't know, if you're a hacker, hell, he could be working for the fucking government by now. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he could have got busted hacking something. He clearly had skills. Yeah. You can't pull this off without a distinct skill set. Like, you and I can't even work a fucking soundboard. No. Much less hack a freaking I, and I, cable my, channel. My fear of heights would keep me from going to the top of another building and be able to triangulate the, our well, little dish. I'm terrified of heights, bro. So, all right, well, let's get into theories, man. Why do you think they did this? Do you think it was some sort of vendetta? I really do don't. It, I don't think it was a vendetta against WGN or anybody. I think it was, hey, I think we can do this, and then why not? Let's see if we can do it. Bare minimum, it was three people. Oh, absolutely. There's Somebody, a cam- there's a cameraman, cameraman, the woman, woman in the Max Headroom, and who else knows who else was helping them? You know, there could have been upwards, of- and they could have been high as a fucking kite and don't remember a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, pull off one of the awesomest like, hacks in the world and have no recollection. Like, literally, you come out of a blackout. <laughs> 
And then you're watching the news, and you're like, what the fuck? Who did that? And then all of a sudden, you see a mask in your closet or some shit. And a fly swatter, and your wife's wearing a fridge made <laughs> outfit. Like, what? But, no, okay, so my opinion is that, and this is why I respect what happened so much. Like, I'm thrilled. Guaranteed that picked up. If I didn't pick up, that picked up. <laughs> yeah, your wireless is out. Oh, shit. Does that mean we're not recording? No, we're still recording. Okay. No, I respect it because, A, nobody died. Nobody got hurt. It's a complete mystery. B, it's a complete mystery. And C, there's no fucking reason for this. Like, it was like, you you hijacked a very well-known channel with a whole lot of viewers. You could have said anything. You could have gave your political message. You could have told people to not cheat, not steal, repent, go to God. No, hell no. I want to get a, a dildo hanging out my mouth and my ass spanked by a flash water. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you went through you went through the trouble of what you did, the, all the things you had to do to pull that off for nothing. <laughs> yeah, your 60 seconds or what was it, 72 seconds? Nine, uh, yeah. No, 90, no, no more 90 no seconds. No more than 90 seconds. Your 90 seconds of fame and you and wasted you, it with a dildo hanging yeah, out of a mask you, and your ass, bare you, ass being spanked by uh, flyswatter. water. Yeah, you're probably sitting there going, yeah, but I called Chuck Swarsky a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' nerd. I got him. And then I called WGN nerds. Like, what is wrong with you? But I respect it. It's getting closer. All right, we got to wrap this up because this is this storm's getting bad. All right, so your theory? I don't I just, think it was. I a, just told you. I just I think they just did it for shits and giggles. Yeah, I do too. I mean, there's no. It is one of the big thumbs up to, or not thumbs up, but thumb to the nose to some of the engineers that hey, we did do this, but again, I don't think there was any ulterior motives or anything like that if there was they would have stated it right if he right, was really if he was really angry at wgn he would have been like fuck wgn them some bitches yeah. they fired me no but he's like hey, nerds ride the wave like yo he really took hit pepsi real hard like yeah <laughs> i mean come on that's just crazy recommendations i'm gonna recommend a youtube page called dark five some fascinating stuff on there. Uh, if you go way back, like about two years, go back about two years. There's no, uh, there's no speaking. There's no narrator. You actually have to read. So if you're busy, those old videos aren't going to be for you. But the new videos with the narrator are freaking excellent. So I recommend that page very highly. I actually have two recommendations. What I just recommended and then a documentary called The Max Headroom Hijacking Incident. Just get on YouTube and look that up. And there's a full hour-long documentary from the uh, page The Bazaar. Yeah, and if you're having Re problems. Really good. If you're, like, real tired, do not watch this real tired. You will sleep yeah, you'll right fall, through. Yeah, you'll go to sleep. It's very interesting, but it's it's kind of monotone. It's a little slow, but... I was, they do a good job, and it's just two. They're two brothers that do everything. They edit. They do everything there, and it's really well done. So watch that. I'm sorry, I have two. That's two, my two. I'm God, just going to step back. All right. So <laughs> my recommendation is also a YouTube video, but this is titled "Best Bigfoot Clips from Alaska: The Last Eight Years," and it is from a channel called Metal Detecting in Alaska, Keithy Six. 
and it's about 10 minutes long. And there are some interesting clips. They're not blob squatches. There are some footprints, clearly footprints, not made by uh, board and rubber feet. And then there's some whoops and other things in the background. So if you are interested in the Sasquatch, like we know most of you are, check that video out. You got anything else there, Slap? No, I think I'm good. How about top five movie lines? Oh, God. Because I remembered one that is so good. And I was like, how on earth did I not remember that one? Movie lines? Movie lines. I don't know if I can come up with five, but we'll try it. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm I'm not going to put them in any order because I can't. And I'm going to leave out the entire movie of Tombstone because that's just every line in that movie is gold. First, I'm going to say the line in Braveheart where he's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to pick a fate. Goes, well, we didn't get dressed up for nothing. <laughs> like, like that. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're you're, fa- you're facing your potential death, and you're just like, well, <laughs> we didn't get dressed up for nothing. All right, so my first one, and this is no particular order either, because you put Johnny on the spot over there. I'm sorry, because I thought of this line earlier today, and I was talking to my buddy, and I was like, how the fuck do you forget this line? My is from your. Movie The Unforgiven. Love it. Love that movie. Well, he shouldn't have decorated his bar with my dead yeah. friend. Like, you just shot another man. You cowardly son of a bitch. <laughs> you just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. He gonna decorate his saloon with my friend. Awesome line. It is. Arguably the worst Rocky movie had the best Rocky line in it. Rocky Five. And when Tommy Gunn punches oh, yeah. Polly. Yeah. And Rocky stands up and he says, now you did a good job knocking him down. What you, what you, knocking, what you try knocking me down now? <laughs> like, I don't know something about that line. I'm just like, fuck you. This one comes from Grand Torino, and it's where Clint Eastwood says, oh, you're an that. overeducated 27-year-old virgin who likes to hold hands with other older ladies. I love that movie. And promise them eternity. I love that movie. Next is from my favorite movie of all time. And that's the big Lebowski. The guy, Jesus, is threatening the dude. And he's like, me and my friend Liam, we're going to fuck you, man. And he goes, yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) That whole movie, too, is just so good. The whole movie, every line in that movie is good. He's like. I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. He's like, I'm just gonna go find a cash machine. <laughs> no, nothing. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess that ain't as funny as I thought. Now, my next one is Mr. French in The Departed when he goes, I'm the guy who tells you there are guys you can hit and there are guys you can't. Now, that's not quite a guy you can't hit, but it's almost a guy you can't hit. So I'm <laughs> fucking ruling it out right now that you don't hit him. Understand. I love that. Yeah, because he hits him because he goes, what are you on your period or something? And then French is like, what are you drinking? He's like, cranberry juice. He goes, what are you on your period or something? <laughs> All right. So uh, my fourth one, again, not in any particular order, but it's from Dumb and Dumber. And when they're driving, so this line cracks me up every time. He's like, man, I figured the Rocky Mountains 
would be a little more rockier than this. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. That John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> full metal jacket. Oh, is it anything by the... Uh, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. We go... I think you believe in the Virgin Mary, don't you, Private Joker? He's like, I'm sorry. Oh, that's a good thing. We we already covered that in the episode. I can do my last one if you want to look that up. I know I'll put you on the spot. This is the one I thought of. I couldn't believe I forgot. It's from the movie A Bronx Tale. You ever seen that movie? Yes. Oh, man, so good. The bikers come in the bar, and he's like, you're not dressed right. you got to go. And he's like, what are you talking about, man? We just want to have a couple beers. He's like, oh, just a couple beers? He's like, yeah, no big deal. He's like, spoken like a gentleman. Give him the beer. As soon as they get the beers, they spray it all over the bartender. He walks back over and he goes, that was rude. Now you got to leave. And the guy's like, I'll tell you when the fuck we leave. Get the fuck out of here. So he just calmly walks over, locks the door, and he goes, now you just can't leave. That is such a badass line, man. <laughs> I can't find the exact quote from... Full metal jacket, but it's the one where he goes, There is no bigotry or racism in my in my oh, yeah. You, like, are, you all are all worthless pieces. Equally worthless. Yeah. Grabtastic pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here you are all equally worthless. <laughs> Sorry I didn't I mean put you on the spot, but it just so happened I thought of that today. Now I will I know you're not gonna touch on it, but I am going to my last one would be from Tombstone and it's one of the lesser known ones but it's after the shootout in the creek and cactus jack oh yeah looks at him yeah. and he goes why are you doing here doc you yeah no it wasn't even that one oh, it was uh, the one where he goes i ain't never seen anything like that and cactus jack goes seen anything like that hell son i ain't ever heard of anything like that before <laughs> that whole movie <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast there's a probably a 99 percent chance you've seen tombstone but if you are that 1%, do yourself a favor. Watch that movie. It is amazing. Now, unhand that stud. Every line in that movie is quotable. Like, That's why you're not wearing a bustle. Why? <laughs> Big nose cape. He said. <laughs> you're not wearing a bustle. <laughs> now, you don't tell me we ain't friends. <laughs> I just don't know if I, I could bear I it. I don't know if I could bear it. You know, Frederick fucking Chopin. <laughs> You're just a drunk piano player. you probably seeing double. Well, I got two guns. One for the each of you. One for each of you. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, we could sit here all night and do this one, but... We probably will sit here for another ten minutes quoting a movie, but you don't need to hear that. Now, we appreciate it, and deuces! <laughs>